to episode 511 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's already here for the party. In this episode, we talk all about Spider-Man, the art, the film, and the trivia. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So take the leap and thwip, thwip, swing into another episode. off every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are new fun and noteworthy about our weeks but before we do that i think it's good for us to have a just a conversation because before we started recording we were talking about uh dennis the menace dennis the menace yeah and then the comp the, the conversation was good dennis <laughs> the, the menace um and uh and then patrick made the comment that he preferred richie rich and so i thought let's bring this conversation over to the actual episode so now patrick uh, explain yourself because i have thoughts but i want to hear what you want to say well, first, I want to say that apparently they're all terrible movies because I just pulled up the audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. No, hey, and, I and remember that. liking them when I was a young child. Like, Dennis and that's the, who they're meant Dennis for. The Menace, <laughs> for instance, has over two hundred and fifty thousand audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, In a good way. Can I give you the scores real quick? Yes. Okay. So I'm looking at three because three naturally come up, and I don't know if it's because of uh, when they came out or just. I don't know, maybe just that age. This is what appealed to me. But actually, are they all 1994 films? One's a 93 and two are 94. Okay, so in the conversation, there's always Dennis the Menace, Richie Rich, and Blank Check. I feel like those Yes, are- that, I was thinking, exactly I said Blank I Check right earlier. I said that, yeah. yeah. I was like, I loved that movie. I rented and, all three from Blockbuster. <laughs> and so the worst reviewed of those three, uh, Andrew, which do you think it is? The worst reviewed of all of those three, oh gosh, it depends on if you're asking 90s kids or if you're asking 70s adults. Um, I'm going to say Richie Richie Rich was the the lowest rated. Okay. And are you giving it to Menace the Menace? Yeah. No. And then then flip, what's the highest review, do you think? Uh, I would say Dennis the Menace is the highest. highest. Uh, (laughs) Andrew, you are exactly correct. So if you go by only, only audience reviews, Richie Rich, then Blank Check, then Dennis the Menace. And so, uh, Lauren, uh, yeah, you're just completely wrong. But let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Richie Rich, uh, Richie Rich didn't have, he had Macaulay Culkin, but he wasn't enough to carry the film. Um, it was the, now, da- it was the grandfather off Gilmore Girls that carried the film. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Uh, but, but, um, Dennis the Menace had all sorts of stars in that movie. Um, so that, that's, I think that was probably the, the, you know, the thing that ticked it over the line. I don't necessarily think that that's my, like, I think I like blank check the most of yeah, all I just of went with movies. my personal feelings and then Dennis the Menace <laughs> and then Richie Rich. Um, but, uh, honestly, if I don't take a sec, like a beat to think it through, I can get plot points from each of those movies intertwined all the time. Cause I watched them yeah. in the similar, apparently they had, they came out within a year of each other and, they all had a similar kind of vein. Okay, so there's one other film, also 1994, with uh, an actor that we all know very well and kid at the time. And uh, do y'all have any idea? Give, what it give is? us, give us one. What was give it? Us one, Tell the clues again. 
Hint. He just said it has an actor that we know. A kid actor. And I will say Bruce Willis is also involved in it. John Lovitz was involved with it. Alan Arkin was involved with it. Uh, it had some names. Was it North? That's like the, oh, I'm really going out on a limb. Yes, it was North. North. Holy shit. Is the reason (laughs) that I I wanted to move to Texas because he was interviewing parents. And (laughs) I liked the Texas best. So as a kid, I was like, gotta move there. Those are my people. I can't believe that I guessed that. I was like, this is not going to be it. No one's even going to remember that this movie exists. Lauren, honestly, you should should sign off now and go to bed because you're not going to get, you're just going to go downhill from this point. I'm lucky that I'm the one administering the trivia questions. Otherwise, I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to top this. (laughs) I, so I would say, um, when you say North, I can I can vaguely remember some of the plot points, but when you said North, the immediate thought that I had was um, the Wizard with Fred Savage, uh, the kid who goes and plays the video. You've never seen the video? Oh, game. like Pinball Wizard or no, 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 no. He no. he goes and he plays arcade games, and he goes to the he like hitchhikes. I or remember something this. To, the yeah. uh, the video game like championship in Las Vegas, and that's when they introduced Super Mario Three for the first time. Like that's when the world is introduced to Super Mario Three in The Wizard. So that film is from 1989. Yeah, that was a good. Year. So I would have been two years old, which might be why you I didn't. should I watch saw that, that movie, movie somewhere though. Like. In the ether. I just don't remember it very well. Because I remember like Fred Savage in like a room with all the machines lit up. Like, yeah. Yeah. It almost has good reviews. I mean, just shy of a 60 audience score. It's a. Which one? North or uh, The Wizard? No, not North. No, no, no. (laughs) Don't laugh. North is way, way south. North is garbage. (laughs) Does North or like Flipper have better reviews? Like movies I remember Elijah Wood being in at that age. Like (laughs) I wanted to know which one holds up the best. Like if we were to go watch like Dennis the Minister, Jewish, et cetera. Yes. Like now at this age, would I enjoy any of them? So can I tell you what I love most about Blank Check? By the way, I, I know I didn't say what my favorite part was. I was super attracted to the the female cop lady. The one the kid was crushing on? Yeah. Funny. I was so way funny. into hey. Mr. McIntosh. Mr. That's Mr. a McIntosh. weird storyline, by the way. Yeah, that, Mr. Maybe that, that arc shouldn't have existed. Well, think about Big, right? Like, Yeah, that was pretty a, complicated. Had a similar storyline. There's also um, like the, the one with like the kid... I can't remember the name. I'm going to try and look up Back the name. to the this Future. Back, yeah, that's what you're thinking of, Back to the Future. Um, this is the hard-hitting, cutting-edge <laughs> pop culture conversation. Yeah, okay, this is the one I was thinking of, Milk Money, where like the kids rent a prostitute. Yeah, like... <laughs> oh, they just want to see your boobs or whatever. In, like, I've the never treehouse. heard of that. Patrick, I guarantee you own that movie. <laughs> you, yeah. had a, you had a yeah. version of that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know all the classics. Is that, um, why your, is that why your autobiography is titled Milk Money? Yeah, that's the... <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it later. Um, Micro was too weird like she like dies from bees right like i couldn't watch oh that's that. such a sad movie oh, he, yeah, dies he dies Ugh, I, can't, I didn't like that film it seemed all like wholesome and great until that happened it's really cute until it. the end where he gets die dies someone please clip that clip lauren saying he gets died uh, please don't let yeah. this be a, a, a only me clip situation bees. 
Okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the show. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that every time I watch like Never Ending Story as an adult, and I'm like, this movie's so messed up. Like, <laughs> Tonight is a great, or this episode. If you're just listening to this, you're missing out on on all of the te- all of the chat threads that are happening with those who took the time to show support by showing up while we were doing this live. Uh, and so you're going to hear comments throughout the night that are completely out of context for you because they're happening in the chat. If you want to be in the know, be in the show. <sighs> that was good. I came up with that. Uh, that's, and now I can't even think of regular words. <laughs> All right. So, so last, uh, sorry, I was trying to remember what we talked about before the show and what we talked about now. Um, so I, if you join us for the stream, by the way, you get to hear additional thoughts. Uh, but I'll I'll do the more condensed, uh, less nitpicky version. Uh, Apple today, so the the developers conference is going on, and as part of their keynotes, they they announce like updates to OSs, and they uh, announce some new hardware, 15 inch MacBook Air, and the new you know Apple Studio, and all these things. And one of the things they uh, announced, kind of the big thing, was Vision Pro. So these are they're AR slash VR glasses. So if you imagine like the MetaQuest or, or something like that, this is the competitor to that. And in addition to the actual hardware, and there's a lot to be said about that, they also announced the the Vision uh, OS, I believe. So uh, and started going to the, the features that it's going to have on day one. And there's some really interesting thing. Their, their approach to this is that uh, these goggles do not block out the world. But these goggles uh, allow, like, you see through them. People can see in and see you. uh, And then they can just, they enhance the world. Primarily, they enhance the world around you. Uh, And so these are meant to, you know, replace your computer monitors. Because you can pull up displays all around you just within your physical space and you can replace your tv at home and if you watch a movie with them it'll actually dim your environment so even though you can see your environment it'll darken it and that way like it it has like a theater mode for watching this Mm -hmm. and then if you take panoramic photos it'll actually unfold the panorama around you and so you can actually look around the panoramic images that you've taken Um, and then with this they actually have a 3d camera so you can take 3D photos and videos, and you can, if you're watching these videos you've taken or looking at photos, it doesn't look like a flat image. I mean, it, it looks like you can peer around it and like like see off into it, and, and it's supposed to be very immersive and all that stuff. Uh, it looks ridiculous. I mean, like in, in the actual uh, promo, they show like a father celebrating his kid's birthday, and he's like, let me put on my big goggles so I can take video of you to like remember this moment. And it's kind of like, it's just the new version of the dad holding up an iPad to record the recital. (laughs) It's like, if you want to remember the moment, maybe experience the moment like that, that could probably help you. No, no, it's better to put a piece of of technology between you and the moment. Just like completely covering your entire face and senses, you know, (laughs) but in, in addition to that, the augmented reality of these things live in your space. You can also shut out all this, the surroundings around you and make it like totally VR. So if you're on a plane and you don't want to see your environment because uh, planes aren't really that great of an environment, uh, then you can like close all, the, all that off and, and only only be in that. Now, uh, here's the kicker to all this. Uh, the starting price for these things is $3,500. Um, they're incredibly expensive. They're coming out expensive. beginning of next year. Um, and it is, pr- I mean, it's it's true to say that AR is, is uh, and I think 
I think much more than VR, but AR is going to have an impact on our life. We're going to start uh, interacting more with AR as we move forward. But for the people that are talking about the price and how insane it is and stuff like that, I mean, this is a V1. It's no different than anything else. If we were to fast forward four years in the future, six years, ten years in the future, that's when we're going to get into the real consumer uses. And the form factor is going to shift a lot. I mean, I honestly don't want to go around wearing a what is in essence like something twice the size of like ski goggles on my face. You end up yeah. looking like the kid from uh, from Ready what's Player the book One. At Ready Player One. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, <laughs> you know, I. I'm not keen to like have these on my face all day, but but the form factor will shift. Like as technology gets better and things get smaller and, and that those types of things will change. So I think the important thing to remember is that even though like consumers can purchase this and use this, the reality is the the big people picking this up are going to be in businesses, uh, offices, in areas that it benefits, uh, medical, all those areas are going to be the adopters. They're going to spend the money on it, and then their use is going to improve the product, and it's going to ultimately drive down the price, adjust the form factor, etc., where from a consumer standpoint, it does become something that is like more commonly integrated uh, into our lives. So, I mean, if it was more like regular glasses, it would be more feasible but like as it stands now like i can't imagine like wearing my quest anywhere around like that would be very annoying and uncomfortable and like cumbersome after a while well and the battery life on them is two hours so that that's Mm -hmm. the other piece of it too like you'll ultimately have to be tethered because there's very few things in a work context or a travel context or whatever that's only two hours right now it's very much going to be like at your desk uh, and maybe mm-hmm. in your home, but like the flip side of that is these are still very isolating products, right? Like if I get these, then I can have my movie experience and then McKinsey just has to like F off. Like <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like I can't invite people over to it. So it doesn't make right. sense for me to invest money into something that is like exclusionary yeah. Yeah, or an individual. That that That's ridiculous. And that's the reason I'm saying it's not really... like consumer like this should this would have been better in 2000 in in april of 2020 this would have been the time to market this device when everybody was brought inside and they had to do everything inside now that the world is opened up again and people are able to interact with one another again apple is now coming out with this thing that's saying hey stay inside and uh, don't talk to anyone. <laughs> like this is so, this is. <laughs> so it makes yeah. a lot more sense in work context, and that is where we'll see the adoption of work context. And then eventually, uh, I it again, a- AR is inevitable, and I, I'm excited for it. I see a lot of ways where it's gonna uh, make our life better, but this isn't it, in my opinion. It will get there. just the so beginning. What if you're doing this, and then now you can just. You can be watching the goggles and then you can airplay what's on the goggles on the TV for every other loser who's over at your house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can just invite my friends over. They can watch, watch you watch, watch a movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go look at the eyes, by the way. They do this thing where it's got a screen yeah. on the front. So if someone approaches you, your eyes will show up. That way they can see you. Or like if you're doing something, it'll cover your eyes. That way they yeah. know you're busy. Yeah. But like a do not the, disturb mode. Yeah, but in all the promos they showed, the people's eyes are like feel slightly like out of proportion to their heads. Go look. But, at yeah, some they of look the like images. they're it's underneath a looking, magnifying yeah. glass, <laughs> or somebody who has like who wears like really really thick like Coke you know Coke bottle glasses mm-hmm. who yeah. have like really bad astigmatism or something. Like that's kind of the approach that it has. But it's like all ghosted and almost hyper real, which I guess it is. It's a screen of your eyes, but. Uh, yeah. it's, God, it's so weird. I, I love the concept of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I, but as I, after, you know, you know, 30 seconds of like actual thought after seeing the announcement, I think, what is the actual use case for this for people who have people in their lives? Uh, anyway, yep. Vision Pro, $3,500, not for me. Um, but if you pick up a set, uh, <laughs> then uh, tell me what you do for a living so I can start doing that for a living. <laughs> so that I can look up jobs <laughs> uh, in my market for that. All right, Andrew, yeah. what's, what happened in your week? I won a contest today. Awesome. Today? No, I won a contest. For what? And uh, if you exciting. go to my Instagram, you mm-hmm. will see that... Um, there's an artist who I've talked about on the show before. His name is uh, is Santa Luco. Um, is his uh, name? I think is Matthias Santa Luco. Yeah, Santa Luco Art is his uh, is his whatever you call it. His handle. Handle. Um, and he is one of the current illustrators, like comic book artists for the the IDW Ninja Turtle line, like the main Ninja Turtle mm-hmm. series. Um, like you've seen his stuff, uh, Lauren. Um, this, he's mm-hmm. the guy who does who does all of this style turtle stuff. Oh, sure. Yes. I have definitely all the new, yeah, all the new stuff. Um, maybe more cool picture. Uh, So, uh, the loyal subjects actually just released or is, is on the cusp of releasing a whole series of Ninja Turtle toys that are designed off of his designs. Is this Um, not Patrick's nemesis loyal subjects? Loyal Subjects is his nemesis, yes. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm pointing out that that's a thing. I, I just was um, trying to remember for sure that that was the company you had the beef with. <laughs> yes, that is the company that he has the beef with. I refuse to engage in conversation about them. He's the one who does all like, It was all just, the current, just admitting that you don't like them. That was my confirmation. Yes, that's it. He's the one who does all of yes. this this style stuff. Like, he's he's killer. Like, he's he's yeah, kind of their the main cover excellent. cover artist for um, and an artist for the thing. Okay, so... Um, he uh, is releasing a set of statues with a company called, um, what's the name of the company? It's called Feribolas, Feribolas. I don't know. It's a, it's a, not an, an American company, um, but it's a production company. And the first of those statues is Leonardo right there is Leonardo. That's the nice. statue. Nice. If you can see that, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the giveaway is uh, the giveaway was for a statue of Leonardo that I'm showing on air right now, and an original drawing, like a colored original piece of art. Um, and I entered that a couple weeks ago. I actually tagged Kreider because I know that Kreider is is big into turtles as well. Yeah. Um, and today, uh, lo and behold, I wake up and I'm just uh, sitting there, and I and my phone pings and it says Santa Luco just tagged you in a post. I'm like. No, like that's got to be like a mistake. And I hop over and it says, we have a winner. Congratulations. Yes. Andrew Sale with threes instead of ease. Dude, uh, that's you awesome. You won the thing. And I'm like, dang, that like never happened. How tall is that statue? It's looks pretty, great. It's pretty beefy. Um, I could find I mean, that information. The is I, really cool to get too. Can I have it? Yeah. So this was, this whole thing was to say that uh, I got Patrick's Christmas present early. So uh, I was really excited about that. So the the company will be reaching out to me to get my shipping information. That's and and cool. you can, I mean, you better believe I'm going to be showing this uh, when it comes in. Um, but thank you, uh, Matthias. I think it's Matthias. M-A-T-E-U-S is how you'd say Matthias. How, how you would say that, right? Matthias. Maybe. Uh, Santa awesome, Luco, he, uh, I've been a huge fan of him for a long, long time. Super cool um, opportunity to to pick this up. And um, man, yeah, thank you. It was super, super fun. Uh, 
Let's say the turtles are facing their biggest threat yet. Do you mean Super Shredder? But one of the turtles can't be there. Which turtle do you think could not be there? And the other three would still have the best chance of defeating Super Shredder. Michelangelo. <laughs> I mean, with the nunchucks, right? Like, the at least Donatello's got reach with his bow staff. And then the other two have, was- have like have sharp weapons. <laughs> so I was going to throw like a asshole answer in the ring and say Donatello, because he can like help remotely with like an invention or something that he made. <laughs> yeah. But if you're saying they couldn't be a part of it at all, Mikey would be yeah, the, yeah. probably the weakest link, which is ironic given the newest series, which I won't talk about if you haven't, li- if you haven't read um, the last Ronin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me. Lauren, finish us out. Yeah, I'll be pretty quick. Um, so last weekend was Comic Palooza here, our local Comic Con, and I got a couple things there. Um, I got a new pin, and it is a little bus, and it's going to be hard to read, I think, because the type is really is it the small. The Magic but School Bus. No, it says Struggle Bus, and the windows are on fire, and it says "Get in, loser!" in a little speech bubble. <laughs> the artist who did it is called Luna Soul. If you want to look it online, her handle is I am Luna Soul uh, S O L on pretty much everything and uh they were really cool person to meet and i really liked a lot of their pins but i we did a trade so i I picked just one for now they had a lot of really fun muppet pins and some other stuff so check out uh luna soul on instagram or anything like that so besides that uh i also (laughs) i also got a ton of new uh dice just for fun um i got them all from this company called north to south designs but i they come in these really cool like glass vials which is neat are they actually then, um, glass show, yeah. show it again show it again i would absolutely here drop is and one break set that. in the oh, vial that's vile really pretty and they come with this cool cork and it has like a, a little dragon seal on it and everything with their logo super cool and it looks similar um, to your dice andrew i honestly was too in, enthralled with my own joke to see the dice <laughs> I'll hold them up. I'm trying to get out the D20 (laughs) so that they're easier to see. Uh, One's like purple with kind of like copper flecks in it. Oh, yeah. And I really like that set. And then I got this kind of like um, just different colors, shiny. And then I bought a random pack, um, but I got really lucky because it was (laughs) yellow, which is my favorite color. Oh, I like those. That's awesome. Your mouth is moving to the same. (laughs) Yeah, that was perfect. Okay. I love these. Thank you, Jonathan Cottrell. I love these. But yes. it's impossible to read what you actually roll on them. So if you watch me play in D&D, I roll. And then I have to go yeah, like to actually it. read what it says. <laughs> it's a really dynamic play experience. <laughs> it really keeps you in the game. <laughs> I, okay. Have I told you my old man thing that I do to see things at a distance so I don't have contacts in? I know, but tell the audience. I think it's genius. If Let's say that Mackenzie has TV on in the bedroom. Old okay? man McGurkin thinks they're genius too, Patrick. And Mackenzie's <laughs> like, oh, uh, ch- check this out. And I've already taken my contacts. If I take my contacts, like I can't even see like simple shapes. I just, I yeah, can't, I, sh- I wouldn't be able to drive relate. that type of thing. <laughs> so what I do is I open the camera app on my phone and I can hold my phone about here and then zoom in on what I want to see, and then I can just sit here and watch it on my phone. I have watched hour-long episodes of shows like can this. I, can I point That's out the fact, Patrick, crazy. that you that you could absolutely benefit from Apple Vision Pro? Yeah, apparently you <laughs> like, really. <laughs> yes, oh it's my god. 
Oh, and now I'm coming up with use cases that <laughs> yeah, actually like, really would help me in that case. <laughs> kind of seems so like it's built for you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, Comic Blues, it was great. Um, I don't really have too much else to say because all my free time has gone towards Tears of the Kingdom. I've just been playing it a ton. Three temples in. Uh, I literally was about to beat the fourth one right before we started this episode. Uh, I have about like 80 shrines um, done. So like to try and somewhat track progress as much as you can in that game. Uh, but man, I'm just loving it. it. There's so much to do in that game. I'm going to be still playing it for weeks still. You haven't said Andrew's the most playing. important thing yet. No, no, no. The most important thing is that you now have a text thread with Andrew Kolb and yes. Andrew Sale about this is uh, true. your progress in the game. That's, I think, the most uh, it is much. Thing. It is really fun to like compare notes with anybody else that is playing this game because everybody does everything so differently. Like it's so yeah, it's fun. Like <laughs> that's funny. I was gonna say it's so annoying because like I'll I asked Cooper like I'm at the I'm stuck in the fire temple and I'm like Cooper how'd you do this? He's like I don't know. I didn't do it like that. <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> thanks. Not helpful. <laughs> that's yeah, just exactly. one of the craziest Not things helpful. about that game is that like you can like I feel like in Breath of the Wild there was more than one solution to a lot of problems many times, but in this one there's like definitely definitely at least 10 ways to solve any solution, any problem that you have there, you know? And it's, I think that just makes the game fun. Other than that, I did see Spider-Man and I think we're going to talk about that next. So saving oh, it. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to spend some serious talk about oh, excited Spider-Man for Gemstones for sure. when we head over to our master categories. And that's where we're headed right now. Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those dice give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. We call that the master category section. How many times can I say categories in this sentence? Uh, One. Seven. Categories, categories, (laughs) categories. This episode, we are going to keep it uh, firmly planted in the Spider-Verse. We thought, why not? Uh, We've got enough uh, knowledge, enough fun stuff. There's some cool things to talk about. And so actually what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to start things off because I'm going to talk about the art of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And this will bleed a little bit over into the new film. Um, but primarily, I'm going to talk about the groundbreaking things that happened with uh, Spider-Man um, into the Spider-Verse. So at this point, I'm assuming if you listen to this show, uh, you've probably seen this movie. In fact, this movie won Best uh, Animated Picture two years back, three years back. And it, uh, I'm assuming everyone has seen this picture at least once. Um, it's but one of this the best movie, movies ever. <laughs> it's honestly, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and so this movie, there's a couple things I want to talk about because the this movie broke a lot of molds. It set up a whole lot of new, um, just set a whole new trajectory in the animated uh, in the animated picture world. Um, and mm-hmm. so let me just go through a couple of these things. I'm not going to be exhaustive with this. There is an article that we're going to link to that has really great examples of the stuff I'm talking about. Um, high res, big images and video clips um, to coincide with each of these points. But I'm going to give you some of like the highlights. Um, but that link will be in the show notes. You can you can read it. And it's um, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, the movie was animated by Imageworks. Uh, and it was, uh, it was done by Sony, um, distributed by Sony, owned by Sony, um, and Marvel, obviously, but Imageworks is who, who's, who did the primary animation for this film. And so, um, they break down the case study of it on their website. And that's where I'm pulling this information from, which is super cool. Um, so a couple things that you want to know, uh, right off the bat 
or that you already know right off the bat is that it had a whole new visual look, right? So when they sat down to, to develop this film, the first thing that they said they wanted it to do is they wanted it to feel like the comic books. Um, unlike any Spider-Man that's happened to date or to mm-hmm. that, to, to that point, right? Um, everything, uh, in the, in the, in the like live action films just had like a softness to it. It was obviously very real, but uh, it couldn't bring the, uh, sometimes literal punch, um, but more metaphorical punch that you get by having the visual art of like comic books, right? You get the pop art of individual still frames and bright colors and, sharp, rigid, hard lines, things like that. Um, and so they had to develop a whole new, uh, a whole new visual, um, language is what they call it. A whole new visual language for this thing. And so what they, uh, that one of the touchstones of this visual language is that they have this thing called, um, uh, this, this motto or this value called embrace the imperfections. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that that's true about comics and has been true for a long time is it's a hand drawn art, right? And so there's uh, you see the you see the lines of the 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 pencilist, you see the lines of the inker, you see um, the strokes uh, of the the colorist, like you you see all these things mm-hmm. in it, and there's some imperfections that come with that. Even if you see like the borders um, of the frames themselves, a lot of times they'll they'll overlap or they'll they'll stick out on one side, or you'll see a little bit of the bleed from the pen the pen with the tooth of the yep. the, the you know the backer board. Um, they wanted to bring that into the film. It's so much more than just the fact that this film has like half toning textures. A lot of people think that that's like what set this movie apart. And while that added One of to the many things, yeah. while that added to the visual of the film, that's not actually that wasn't groundbreaking. We had seen um, half toning before. We'd seen cell shading before in some of these um, some films, like A Scanner Darkly employed mm-hmm. some of these things many many years ago, right? Way before um, Spider Verse. But here are some of the things that they employed to actually give you that look. Um, uh, where they were embracing the imperfections. One is that they animated all of the the color tones and all of like the main key features um, of the characters. They animated them on computer, but then they went back and hand drew specific mm-hmm. lines and um, uh, embellishments, Remarked. things on their face, <laughs> like all of the like uh, the things that give them these like super expression like. Um, these mm-hmm. very like uh, emotionally driven performances with the face specifically, those are hand drawn in those details, like the brows yeah. and like the hard lines on the nose and the cheekbones and things. Um, those were added in on top by hand, uh, oftentimes in a frame by frame. Uh, so mm-hmm. you are actually, you know, em- employing traditional animation tactics. One of the other things that they did was, um, they use the technology to develop their own um, machine learning algorithm to predict where some of those lines may be. And so to speed up some of the animation process, uh, it would, it would, it would employ these lines in places. And sometimes it wouldn't, it wouldn't land exactly where it would normally land if it was like a hard rigged line. Um, And they kept it, they kept it that way. So it had the hand drawn, um, like that implementation. So it, it, they embrace the imperfection with that. Um, one of the ways they produced depth in the film was fantastic. It felt like anything that wasn't in focus 
felt like when you're watching a 3D movie, but you take your glasses, you take your 3D glasses off and you see like the overlapping images with mm-hmm. like layers mm-hmm. of opacity. They do that to create this sense of, of focus, like wherever the, the, the focal um, point is, is crisp or crisper. And then everything else radiating out of that, the further you get away from it, uh, the less it just feels blurrier and fuzzier. But it's not because they actually put like a Gaussian blur on it that your eyes would naturally do. They just over, they just separate the layers and it produces that, that feeling of being out of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super cool. Another thing that yeah. people know about, um, maybe in concept, but don't know the full details of, the frame rate is different in mm-hmm. this movie. So the traditional animation, uh, traditional animation would be 24 frames a second, and it would start on the one, and it would take you through 24 frames for every one second of film. Well, instead of uh, instead of animating on the ones, uh, this movie employed a new uh, function, which was animating on the twos. And mm-hmm. so it held two frames um, instead of one frame for 24. You're, you're holding uh, 12 frames for two beats um, uh, a frame. So mm-hmm. you get this jittery. Does that make sense, Patrick? But you're saying it's 12 frames per second. 12 frames per second. So it okay. holds it yeah. holds two oh, see, you know, for see. two beats, right? Um, and so it adds this layer that's almost jittery. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, as the like movie goes panels. on. Yeah, it becomes, that's exactly right. It becomes panels mm-hmm. and they, they swap in, um, from time to time, actual physical hand drawn, uh, like hyper, um, almost, uh, like pop, pop, uh, art, uh, style or like Andy Warhol style mm-hmm. panels that would yeah, literally be hand drawn panels on top whenever it says like crack or boom or whatever. And you'd have these mm-hmm. vibrant colors that pop in. Um, that really breaks up the the effects. And here's yeah. uh, the so much so the breaking up is is a huge piece of this that Danny um, Dim, Dimian, I think is his name, but he's the VFX supervisor. He said, if it ain't broke, break it. For this yeah. movie, they wanted to break all of the traditional rules and try something entirely new. So they had to develop this mm-hmm. new visual language. The developing of the language is one thing, but then they had to develop technology on top of it to support this this new way of telling stories. Uh, and so they had to do all of these, uh, like they had to reconsider like how not just the um, not just the idea of what they want this to look like conceptually, how to physically do that, and then how to work it into a pipeline. So they had to break mm-hmm. the traditional animation pipeline where it goes, you know, uh, from uh, from script to storyboards to, uh, you know, uh, the, f- the first pass, then you get cleanups, then you get uh, whenever fi- finals or whatever, then textures and lighting and all that stuff. The pipeline got all jacked up and they wanted to play with where these things came into play. So lighting may have come in before they did the textures or uh, the, the hard line cleanups may have come in toward the very end and they did all of the texturing and the lighting and stuff ahead of time. So they played mm-hmm. with that traditional pipeline. And again, if it ain't broke, break it. Um, mm-hmm. And they said they'd spent a lot of time um, developing the characters' faces and hand drawing on these faces, like I was mentioning earlier. Um, but then there's this thing that I want to, that I thought was super exciting, um, to learn about, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, there was a quote that some guy or that one of the guys wrote, he was doing like the character, um, animators, hang on, let me find it. Okay. Uh, he was the head of character animation. Here's what he said. Our big challenge was creating that balance between being cartoony and realistic. 
At Imageworks, we have an amazing, robust pipeline, and I think we have forever altered our pipeline thanks to this project. And that takes me to like where we are now. Um, that film came out a few years ago, and it was revolutionary at the moment. And mm-hmm. it was it it broke all sorts of ground. It broke all sorts of uh, uh, standards and um, and records and all these things. Um, but since then, we've seen several projects come out that that kind of employ some of these things. Um, mm-hmm. I believe the what's is, what's the versus the machines. What's that one? Doc Mitchell's about versus the time. machines. Mitchell's yeah. Mitchell versus yeah, the machines employs some of these. Uh, and some of persona. some of these elements, um, <laughs> but I think pushing it even further, um, taking like the foundation that was set with this film and some of the techniques and some of the technology that was developed for this film, and employing it, maybe even to like dialing it up to eleven, is the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, which is being mm-hmm. um, directed by, written and directed by Seth Rogen, um, and has a whole cast of. Um, incredibly talented vo- uh, voice artist, but the animation style is so unique. It is, it's squibbly. Uh, yeah, Puss in Boots. Yep, over yep. At Zach Wilkinson in the channel. The Puss in and Boots. Um, Arcane final... is another one that has a lot of those like hand drawn touches. Oh, yeah, Arcane really, is a great, I think is that a, has a, another fantastic. Really a lot of that like inspiration. Yeah, so what we've seen is, is this movie was kind of a, uh, um, an inspiration or a, a muse for for what would be a whole new way of telling stories um, that's visually compelling uh, as well as able to kind of tap into a, a, a level of emotion that maybe um, mm-hmm. traditional animation has had a hard time doing um, in recent yeah. past. Since the, impl- since the implementation of, of um, computer-generated animation, we've gotten better over the years, but Mm -hmm. that was the biggest complaint when we switched over to computer animation was it felt so uh, lifeless. And so, like, the it was so hard to emote with a rigged face, right, with everything Mm -hmm. being so precise. Things like this movie where they embraced the imperfections and and intentionally worked imperfections into it allowed it to feel more... uh, approachable feel more like um alive and feel like it was something there that you could actually um connect with and so we've seen this this trend happen and moving into um the newest film without giving anything away i think one of my favorite things of this new film it, Mm -hmm. it does all the same things that we know from the first one um but then we've got we've got uh uh spider gwen in her space, when she's in her world, the Spider Gwen mm-hmm. universe, Spider Verse, yeah, um, everything is emotional. Everything is emotion driven. Uh, when it she's also, happy, it's bright. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. everything is bright, and everything is uh, inviting. When she's not, everything is dark, and everything is and it uh, changes within a scene. Yeah, within a scene, it changes it, as like you have as her she, expression changes. Yeah, it's yes, really cool. as her emotion, as her expressions change, the the background change, and what's even more perfect. And Patrick's going to talk a little bit more about this film in just a second. But what's even more perfect is if you are familiar with the comics at all, you know that Spider Gwen series is done in watercolor, mm-hmm. and so to I, know I that this. they employed that watercolor effect um, in the background when you were in her universe, it was just like chef's kiss uh, on top of all these things. And that would never have happened had we not had the groundbreaking technologies and storytelling components that were developed for 
um, Spider-Man in um, uh, into the Spider-Verse. Um, and so with that, I'm going to hand it over to Patrick. Before we change topics. And it's just that what you're saying with like, um, you know, like computer animation versus traditional animation. Like I think for a long time it was like either or, and it was like you, like, you know, yeah. traditional animation was fading in favor of tradi- and computer animation. And like, there was all this like kind of fighting between those two. And this is truly like a marriage of what makes both of them special and like works right. together. And I think that's yeah. what's so inspiring to artists where it's like, you don't have to choose either. You can use both to do something amazing. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. So, um, I highly suggest if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, yes, yes. There's so much more information again with, um, with mm-hmm. visuals on the, um, uh, image works website. There's a link to it in our show notes. We talk about the show notes all the time. Um, some people use it. Some people don't today is, or this is an episode where I would say, if this interests you at all, click on this link in our show notes, because mm-hmm. you will, you will learn a lot and it will be super, super fun. I'm just scratching the surface with some of this stuff. Um, cause otherwise I could talk about it for like an hour and a half. Um, but if, even if you just want to see some really pretty art, this is a, this is a great uh, resource for that. So, um, that was into the spider verse, Patrick, I think you're going to take us to the next chapter. Yes. And so with that, this past week, we got the release of across the spider verse, uh, the sequel, uh, what is this five years after the, the first movie came out in the first Mm film? Uh, I mean, just so much, uh, claim I'm going to be honest. So, and and if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, this is something you'll, that you've heard me say before. I don't typically enjoy animated films. And it's because I like <laughs> to see the expression of the performance from the person giving the performance. I like that. That's very important to me. And so when that gets replaced or, or gets manipulated, then I, for whatever reason, it's something that I, I don't enjoy. So I'm already negatively biased walking into it. The first film I saw twice in theaters, I I enjoyed the film. Um, I don't think I had the visceral reaction that a lot of other people had. So going, but you don't see movies twice in the theaters anyway. So like for you having seen it twice in theaters already is a step above your normal movie watching experience. Andrew was a more persuasive force in my life at this point at this uh, yeah. point. That was before you started ignoring me. It's also me. just a good movie. <laughs> I, I hit my teenage okay. years with our relationship <laughs> and now I've started ignoring you. Yeah. Um, so, so going into this one, um, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even, I didn't even intend to see it opening week. <laughs> like I, I had planned to watch it. And the first film I thought was, was of course beautiful. Um, but I was not clamoring to see the film, but there was a spot that opened up. Someone had actually bought a ticket and said, Oh, this person can't make it. Do you want to take their spot? And so it was a free ticket to go see a film. And, and I said, yes. And this that's is really film. funny. Cause that happened to me, but we couldn't find anyone to fill the last ticket. <laughs> Should have called Andrew. Ask Patrick. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would so have been a stretch in your four-hour drive and a ten-minutes notice. <laughs> so that said, I went and saw the film, and then walking out of it, uh, Andrew, what's the text that I sent you? Better than the first one. Absolutely. Wow. I absolutely love this film. So again, it's a Phil. Uh, Phil I was Lord really expecting this Miller. to go the opposite direction with your preamble. <laughs> I, I, what I was I'm racing to say for a fight. <laughs> I, I was biased against, like my inclinations uh, yeah. were against it, and it it won me over so quickly in the film. So again, this is a uh, Phil Lord Christopher Miller uh, written film. It's the the 
I want to say the cast of characters we already know, but we're introduced to so many more than that. Over plus, the a, plus, of plus 150 yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> plus 150. And then some aren't there at all. <laughs> if you've seen the, if you've seen the trailer, then you know this and we won't get into any specifics because this is still very fresh. And this is a movie that, you know, you want to get to experience the first time I was going into it, having only seen, uh, I think trailer number one, and I hadn't seen any mm-hmm. other information about it, um, Same. which is great. And I, I think that's the way it should be. Um, but the thing that stood out to me the most about the film, other than the fact it's beautiful, and, and I will say I actually was more impressed this time around than the first time around. And I think it's because there are so many characters. And so we see so many different styles and we see those styles intertwined with each other. And um, I think they pushed it even further to make them feel more stylized and like special yeah. each one of them. like. So, so I I walked away more impressed uh, this time, uh, but it, the pacing of the movie was the real standout. I mean, I I the person I was talking to when I left, I described it as it felt like I was watching a ten minute short, but it felt like that for or like an eight minute short, but it felt like that for the entire time. So, um, you know, it, there's a, a a bombastic intro of of sorts. but that energy and and that flow just never goes away. Um, and and that. Brings me to my second point, which is the flow of the film. I complained about this with Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is a film that people said a lot of really good things about. And on this show, the comment that I made is it a bit felt like a disjointed collection of set pieces. Um, and, it, you know, let's let's do this thing in front of this green screen and let's finish. And now let's hard cut <laughs> over here and do this thing in front of this green screen. And now let's hard cut. Um, and again, even though we were dealing with the amount of characters we were, uh, the amount of story, um, it, the the films felt so fluid the entire time from place to place. And it had, mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, it jumps around just as much in, in space and time as something like Guardians does, uh, but it felt like such a cohesive story. And so all of this together, I think that's maybe the part that's most impressive to me. I do not know how something like this gets planned out and executed at this level. There are so many opportunities mm-hmm. to get this wrong along the way. Um, you know, it's one thing to go shoot a lot of footage and get 15 takes of each scene and then figure it out in the editing room. And it's another thing to like very intentionally hand create, and I know it's not fully hand created, but hand create all of these scenes um, yeah. That feels so much more rigid at the end of the day. So to end up with something that has to have the the amount of like forethought and planning and maybe in some cases, like in some ways, maybe you do have safety nets because of, you know, you don't have to go get everybody together for reshoots. But on the other side, it just. But it, everything has to be intentional. So like yeah, you can't have someone's acting performance where like they do a face and it's like, oh, that was a perfect face. We we wouldn't have we wouldn't have planned that face, but they did it instinctively because they're an actor. You don't get mm-hmm. that. You've got to you've got to make it. Yeah, and so it feels yeah. like such a different type of box, and I imagine it as being a very constraining box in that way. Uh, and yet, it all came together so beautifully. I I did not walk out of this movie with a list of critiques. Uh, I mean, and in fact. Um, I won't, uh, you know, I won't go any further in talking about what happens. Like, I could maybe have like, oh, this is one comment about something that I was surprised by. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, the the movie is just such a perfectly 
done yeah. film. I, I, I have nothing but like kind of like jaw on the floor impressed mm-hmm. by what this group of people pulled off. And, and this is the thing that's so interesting about films. Um, a lot of times when we're talking about multiple films, uh, this is going to be a trilogy. You have a lot of effort and time that goes in the first one. And then yeah. if the mm-hmm. first one does really well, yeah. you need to fast track the second one. And you don't get the time for the script. You don't get the time for the the, the people that are developing it. Yeah. Uh, if it does well, it's not, then, a, it's not a bigger story. It's usually smaller. <laughs> and and there's mm-hmm. a lot more hands that suddenly have a part of it because it was successful. And right. like a lot of these things yeah. are what tank that. You know, that that's one of the things like if we talk about not not that it's tanked, but like if we go talk about um uh, knives out you know you spend a decade working on the first script and then you mm-hmm. get a year and a half to work on the second one like uh, it makes a big yeah. difference yeah it, it, and, and so putting that in perspective uh i don't ever have expectations for the second film because i feel like it's much harder to make the second film not just because you want to capture that excitement again but because you literally have different constraints and you tend to have more constraints mm-hmm. um it's so also that, just hard that, to like recapture lightning in a bottle which yeah. i really felt like yeah. the first movie of this one felt like more than any other movie i've ever seen so all of that wrapped up leaves me incredibly impressed by this film and then also completely convinced the next one will be terrible. So that's where I sit with uh, Across the Spider-Verse. So, we do get, I think the last You think they can't go be, three for three? I, I just don't. I, it, this I is do, too good. I do. It I do. I actually have a plan. So, they okay, have to so have a plan, note, though. though. I'm sure it's going to be that good. But on that note, what what is your what is your uh, your actual rating? I mean, if this isn't if this isn't a ten out of ten, then what is like? May, maybe mm-hmm. it's a, a nine point eight five. It, it's but it's a ten out of ten. I mean, that, oh, I'm sorry, a yeah. nine point nine five. That's what I meant to say. Um, yeah. But it, it, I mean, it's a ten out of ten. That's Lauren, what it is. same for you. Yeah, honestly, I was like the one like this isn't a complaint. It's more of a comment. Is that like I I was hoping that the music would be a lot like the first one because I love that soundtrack so much. And so initially, I was like, oh, it's not the same. What like little bit of a bummer but i like what they did with the music so much by the end of it that i was like i take yes. back that like negative energy yep, i same. like this that it's was- just it is different than the first movie but i think it's really special how much they managed to make this movie feel different and the same at the same time it's it's a really weird trick that they managed you you nailed exactly what my thoughts were on it like I, that was a, my initial complaint that turned into a oh this was an intentional deviation and, I, and, and it I fits like the yeah. it fits the emotion of this movie and this movie is a lot more emotional and it's yeah a, maybe a little bit of a heavier lift <clears throat> like if you've got a little little kid they might not be interested in in a, a chunk of this film, which is very yeah. story driven yeah very mm-hmm. story driven and very emotional so um i would also give it a 10 i do believe it is better than the first one and that is as I, high I a praise can't. as you can give I don't know if I'm going to say better than the first one, but I have to watch it at least one more time to give it that rating. Cause I've watched the first one. Like I'll help you better than the first. It's one. better than the first one. It's better so, than the first. One. I like both of them though. It's just like, I don't want to say you don't Third have one disaster get, calling it here. Beyond the spider verse garbage. <laughs> no, you, they can't be. If you're trying to say which one's better, you can't say they're equally good. You have to choose one is I'd better than the other. About which one I really, really and like. And the one that's better than the other both. is number two. I love, uh, definitively. You heard it here. I have first, things folks. that I'd love Lauren to talk agrees. about in like speculation things, but uh, you we just don't need do to have. Spoilers. We have never had a thing that all three of us agree on. We are so I know this is close. very special. Just I love this. Take the win. Just yes. take the win. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 
in case you didn't hear it from us, uh, go see this movie. And you do want to yeah, see it in theaters. It's awesome. Yes. Like, and you want to see it before people spoil it because it, it, there's just enough that it pays off to be surprised. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay. Uh, I think that leaves just you, Lauren. We're going to mm-hmm. uh, dive a little bit deeper into our knowledge of the Spider-Verse, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm going to do some Spider-Man trivia, and I'm going to do Spider-Man trivia across all Spider-Man films. So that will count the animated Spider-Verse movies and the MCU films and the Sam Raimi trilogy. So, In which case, I'm very sorry for bringing Yeah, and, and this is <laughs> sorry a I very it up. awkward thing to bring <laughs> up. So, All right. Going to roll some dice for next week? Yeah. I got 20. I never got 20. <laughs> it's true. You do never get a 20. I never do. I'm very excited. You know, if one of us gets a 20, you don't get it. <laughs> These are my no, I, new dice. I'm just this kidding. I'm just kidding. I got a 10 and a 1. I almost asked which one is which, but I know. Y'all would not believe what's going on in our D&D campaign right now in Oz. Oh, my oh it's so okay. great. It's so much fun. Uh, we got film I got this number, number 10. I cannot Thanks. see it because it's not focused. It's I'm not sorry. No, it's good. It's in focus. You're fine. It's not focused. So see. Is it a one? It's a nine. Okay. okay. Yep. Just I'm like, I, I cannot actually see it. Okay. Nine is going to be toys. That's a great one. <gasps> oh, that is a good Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, you just got a new toy on the way. That is a good. <laughs> that uh, is a good. Hey, I spent <laughs> and I got a two. So present toys. And that just reminded me that I watched Eurovision last week and I'd never seen it before. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> oh, interesting. I just remember uh no, never mind. It's just one of those sexy things. Um okay, so one of those sexy what? things. <laughs> I don't know. What? No, I remember always wanting to watch Eurovision because they would have like the when it came out on DVD, they would have like the too hot blah 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 cut. You oh know, yeah, or, yeah, or whatever. Like they probably called it something like the European cut or something. On and, Eurovision, uh, the Song of Ice and Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Euro Trip, the film. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to see any Will Ferrell movie that has like a like. Censored, oh, uncut type thing. Gosh, Patrick. That, <laughs> like, I don't need heck? to see any of that. <laughs> I thought you were saying you watched the Euro Trip. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, never <laughs> seen Eurovision. Or Euro, I don't know why oh my you God, would, what movie are we even fine. talking about anymore? But yeah, uh, when I was like 12, I really wanted to see Euro Trip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Eurovision. Oh, it was so funny. This is uh, uh, this episode. Yeah. My goodness. Hey, I have I have one other thing. Um, okay, before we, I know, we're about to we're about to head out of here, and I get that. So, uh, we are doing a YouTube video, and we've posted this in the Slack. But for those mm. that are not in our our Slack, sound like I said the Slack. For those that are not in our Slack, uh, we are collecting your we're collecting photos from you. So we want to see your game collection. That's what we want to see. We're going to put together a YouTube video where we're going to rank people's game collections that are in our community. Now, game collection does not have to mean board games specifically. It could mean, well, really anything you describe as a game collection. This could be a digital library. This could be arcades. This could be tabletop. This could be yard. I don't think puzzles count as a game. Yeah, I've that never does. had fun doing them. It could no. be... No. There's no, comp- there's no competition in, in If you speedrun it... It could be video game. It could be consoles. Again, it could be yard games. It, like just whatever, whatever you consider your game collection. Send us like one to three photos. We're I'm getting downgraded for my number one. of puzzles immediately. Actually, 
honestly, here's what I would say. Lauren, because of what Patrick just said, whatever you consider your game collection, we will rate it. So send in your puzzles and we'll give it a rating. <laughs> yeah. We'll be very, I just, we'll be I'll very just say, honest like, I have a about stack whether of, or not this I is I have a stack of like collection. puzzles that is like as tall as me. I have a stack of games that is like five. Oh, you have a stack of yeah. puzzles that's three and a half inches tall? Cool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have two puzzles. So yeah. here's the thing. Take a picture, send it in. If you want to send in like a little phone, uh, like a phone recording, that's great. Um, but but just at least one photo of your collection, send it uh, to me. Just send it to me on Slack. And um, when you send it, um, if you don't want me to say your name, then make sure you put, like, please don't say my name. That's fine. And if you want to include, like, a little description, so if there's any context that you think is important to us ranking it, write out what that context is, uh, is so we have it. Now, in terms of the ranking, this isn't like a good versus bad uh like rating like we're just ranking it in order we will set a criteria for how we rank it but i just want to be clear we're not going to look at what someone sends us and be like this is trash like that's not going to happen like everything's going to be it's all going to be done from a point of like fun and celebrating like games and collections and it's all going to be done that way there will be commentary the same way that we commentate on anything but i'm just letting you know don't have anxiety about sending something to us. We're not going to, like, tear it apart. Like, that's not going to happen. And all game collections are uh, uh, valid, right? So, like, some people are, like, into heavy games. And so they're going to send in, like, tabletop stuff that you spend a day and a half playing. And, and that's fine. Old day and a half playing, like, a session is what I was trying to say. And you spend months doing it, whatever. But some people are just going <laughs> to have, like, f- the family shows up and i pull these things out of the closet and this is what we do and it's going to be like throw throw burrito or something and that's fine too like it's all valid just take a picture of it and send it to us all right uh let's uh let's round the the, let's round the bases on this thing you can find show notes and links to all this stuff that we talked about over at m of one.network we've talked about that a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot I said it and I meant it. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> um, and uh, so click on those things. Uh, you can see all the stuff that we've talked about. It's, it's a super nice resource. And Lauren puts a lot of time into that every week <laughs> to make sure that that is uh, actually valid and up to date. So uh, use those. But while you're at mof1.network, you can also find an archive with a whole bunch of other stuff with episodes, hundreds and hundreds of episodes um, that uh we uh that we've got we've talked to artists from all over the place we've talked to people from all these different industries uh and then we've just had a good old time right that's really what it's about so check out the archives in there um and then while you're there you can click on that little slack icon at the bottom join our slack conversation because as soon as we stop talking here we start talking there uh and for as much as we talk in this episode a whole lot more conversation happens throughout the week so join us on there you can find us on twitch um, every week at twitch.tv slash M of one podcast, follow, uh, and subscribe. It doesn't have to cost you any money to subscribe. If you are already a prime member, just use your Amazon Bezos dollars and throw them towards us. Uh, cause you get a free prime subscription every month. You can, um, re-up that every month and hand it over to us. That's super helpful for us. You can subscribe, rate, and review the show everywhere where podcasts are. If you leave one on Apple podcasts, we will read it on air. We will do it however you ask us to. If you ask us to read it in a fun voice, Lauren will absolutely do that for you. No questions asked. Um, but I think that's everything. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. Lauren, where can people find you on the interweb? I am at Not Cool Co. everywhere. And Patrick? Uh, thwip, thwip, boom. 
At thwip thwip boom. At thwip thwip boom. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck saying that one a couple times in a row. Uh, we're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Where there is power, great responsibility follows. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> I'm Spiderman. <laughs> What's up, danger? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.